0: I'm Steve Letarte, STP auto expert and former crew chief. I know what it takes to keep engines performing at their best. STP's latest breakthrough additive, STP Ultra 5-in-1 Plus Fuel System Cleaner Plus Fuel Stabilizer, delivers three times the amount of cleaning agents versus premium gasoline and helps keep fuel fresh during storage. For over 60 years, STP has been on the cutting edge developing products to help engines run better, longer. One bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents compared to 20 gallons of the leading premium gasoline.
1: Greetings, welcome to a special edition of the NASCAR and NBC podcast. This episode will be concerned with some breaking news. Uh, Myself, uh, I'm your host Nate Ryan, myself and uh, NBCSports.com slash NASCAR colleague Dustin Long have just returned to our NBC Sports Charlotte office here from the press conference today at Joe Gibbs Racing in which we learned um, why Carl Edwards is stepping away from NASCAR in the 2017 season, electing not to race uh, for Joe Gibbs Racing in what would be, we think, the final year of his contract. And Dustin, let's just start with the why. Uh, well, let, let's just first start with our main takeaways. My, my main takeaway today might have been just Carl's uh, demeanor. Uh, he seemed as nervous, I think, as I've ever seen him. I mean, we're talking about one of the, the most savvy, suave corporate spokespeople who have ever put on a fire suit and hawked wares and nascar this guy is always on his game always on target today he seemed fidgety and he seemed as if he was he was a little bit um off his game at times i and mean, he's usually the, the the master of ceremonies when it comes to a room like this and you could tell uh, there were he i think he felt as if it wasn't completely in his completely in his control and he did get choked up got emotional at one point said that, uh, the most, your fault. Yeah. (laughs) Quote from one of my stories that Brian Nelson from motor racing network asked him about, about being a Missourian or a Midwesterner and the essence of that. And Carl got choked up and said, I just need to be a better person or something to that effect. So, uh, let's start there. What, What were your, what was your main takeaway about Carl?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I agree with that. I also think, you know, he he did kind of show a little bit of hints. It, it was, uh, you know, the beginning he was trying to crack jokes and and kind of uh, make fun of himself, uh, alluding to the not having the championships. And if Jimmy wants to give him a trophy, he'd gladly take it. Things like that. But there are other times I thought he was he was really smooth. And, and you're right. Um, you know, I think this was a very uncomfortable situation because Carl likes control. Carl likes to know everything that's going on. And it, it, one thing that was brought out to you – know, somebody mentioned and it, you know, is so true is, is how many times have we been in press conferences with Carl where we've asked questions or somebody else has asked a question. And then after the press conference, Carl's walked over to us to get more information or to discuss the topic a little bit more. Virtually but, every news yeah, conference, yeah. He, he does that. He, he goes it, to a reporter it, it,
1: and starts talking to Matt Fritzell. Because
0: he wants to know – he wants to – he – he wants to know all that he can know. He wants to have control of the situation, have better knowledge and, and understanding of things. It's just like, you know, he's talked about how he, he negotiated his own contracts or likes to talk about that. You know, he wants to be in on it and 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 kind of have it, it very controlling in, in, in those things. And and one of the things that he's been able to do is control the access to his family that you alluded to in his column. Um and and even when it was brought up about family, he it was more brought up by us when we were asking questions. Most of the time, when he was referring to family, he was just saying other things and other interests. He rarely—I'd have to go back and check. I don't know if he used the word family. I don't think he did at all, because he is so private in that sense, and he wants to keep that shelter, and that's his right. And I understand it. And that, in that sense, he's been very consistent. I think he—I think he showed enough to kind of make people give them a few things. I don't think he showed them the full money, if you want to say it that way, I think, um, you know, I, I think this was difficult for him. And I, I think he, he showed what he was comfortable, but not, I think there's still a lot of questions and, you know, it goes to, even to one of the questions, the question I asked him was, you know, he talked about how the last laps at, at, uh, at Homestead were, was what you, what you live for as he's going for a championship. And, and my question was, well, what else out there? Is there that will now give you that sensation and and he's like, "I don't know, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll find out,
1: but he he couldn't answer things in specifics, and he, that was he he did kind of allude to the fact doesn't that he he was trying at one point late in the news conference it was almost like he was like asking for some dispensation from us like hey i i don't it's not perfect, I don't have it all figured out just yet yeah. obviously it's it's a decision he came to relative release, relatively recently, and you know maybe that's what's surprising mm-hmm. is we are used to Carl Edwards having all his answers yes. mapped out and knowing exactly how he wants to, yeah. to put, put it out there. And in this case, like he was still guarded, which isn't unusual for him, but what was different was exactly that, that, that we didn't get, I think a lot of clarity. And, and to your point, you know, that, that farmer Carl question <laughs> that, that I put you up to asking, I mean, we we did a sit down with, with Carl at, at Miami weekend last year. And we used I used this quote in the column I did yep. on, on, on the site about how, you know, he said that, the only thing he's ever wanted to do is drive a race car. So, how do you think? I what mean, yeah. so what, what does he replace that with? Yeah. And, and do you think? I mean, do we get an answer on that today?
0: No, no. Yeah. I mean, it's. I think we're left with more questions. I think there's there's things that are out there. I thought it was interesting where Carl dropped the hint of maybe doing TV one day. Now I know, you know, our folks at NBC and 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 the folks at Fox Sports have said, you know, that's that's not in the offering. He's not going to be in the booth or anything like that. But he kind of hinted at that. I, you know, Joe Gibbs talked about having, you know, working with Carl on some things. So whether that's a spokesperson, is that a consultant, is that a management type of position? I can't imagine Carl would want to have, be that hands-on while wanting to remain in Missouri. Um, so, but I think that there's, there's still things that he can do, and, and I think there's still going to be ties. Maybe it's kind of like what you know jeff gordon does for rick hendrick and that yes jeff i would imagine carl wouldn't be as as involved as jeff is and in, in, in all these meetings but i think you know whereas jeff is can be kind of work with the sponsors and things like that i think carl can can provide that opportunity at times too if if he wants i think there's still roles but again we don't know and it's just and it's like you know even talking with joe gibbs afterwards he's like yeah i mean what i set up on stage was true it's a surprise and i don't you know what he said for his reasons i you know i, I I still think that we'll find out more later and, and, uh, you know, not everything's there. So it's, it was an interesting press conference. (laughs) I, I, again, it, it, I think for some people, it satisfied the basic question of why. Mm -hmm. And I thought what was interesting about it is that he alluded to health. And I think if you read more into it, that's concussions. And I think what will be interesting moving forward for as much as the sport puts in the safety, as much as football has, You know, in football, you've seen some players retire early and they specifically cited the worries of health and concussion. Is this something that might be likely to happen more often down the road in this sport as well? That doesn't mean it's going to happen every year because every individual is different. They look at it differently. Uh, Is it something that every three or four years you might see somebody leave a little early and cite health as, as, as a reason? I think that becomes more more of an element. Now, that being said, you know, he's, he, he claims he's healthy, and, and think about all the years he's been racing, all the big hits, even the big hits last year. Uh, but I, I think that's going to be an interesting thing because I think concussions, and, and your report or last year was was really good about that, but I think it's going to become even a bigger issue because these cars are bulletproof. The bodies don't move, but what still moves, it's still the brain is moving inside the head, even with the helmet because of the force and the sudden impacts. And I think that's the next key area in terms of safety.
1: Yeah, he took uh, quite a hit at, at Miami yeah. while he was leading there with 10 laps to go. Tried to block Joey Logano on the restart. Basically, that he felt as if that was his only and best move to keep the lead. And he was going for a championship. He was pretty much put in that box. I don't know if Carl Edwards makes that move in any other circumstance than the, the circumstances that were presented in that race with the championship at stake. And I'm sure that that went through his head a little bit, that like uh, you know he, he had, I would think, that was one of the toughest shots in his career. He said today he was healthy, um, no lingering issues or, or yeah. concussion syndrome. And he reiterated like that. that. I he, mean, he, he said it many times. Yeah, yes. um, l- let's talk about the, the, the three reasons that, that he gave us for why he's stepping one. Yeah. One was career satisfaction. He's done everything he wants to do. That's that's what you say when you walk away and you haven't accomplished everything. <laughs> <laughs> but as as Monty well, Dutton might say, the truth seldom more evident than when vehemently denied. Yes, in a way. <laughs> okay,
0: I, I right. mean, I mean, look. Yes, and if you look at it from a wide-angle perspective of you think about how many drivers there are in this country racing at local short tracks and how he was one of them and what the odds are of them getting out of that short track and what the odds are of them moving up to a, a national level, even like an ARCA level, and mo- the odds of moving up to a NASCAR level and even the low-ranked NASCAR levels, and then to move up to the cup level, and then to, the odds of being successful and even challenging and r- racing for a championship, yes. That is very satisfying in that sense because that's incredible odds that you know he's come up with. So in that sense, I agree that he would be satisfied. But he's an athlete, he's a competitor, and every athlete and competitor, they're striving to be the next best whatever. So for him to say that he's personally satisfied, I think in one sense he's telling the truth when you look at the overall picture, but I also think that he's not telling the truth in the sense of... You know these guys race for championships, right. and he didn't get a Daytona 500 win. He never won at Kansas, his home track, right. and he didn't get the uh, the championship. So I think there's
1: there's check marks that are left undone. Maybe it's that maybe a better way to phrase it, not to uh, take Carl's side here or play devil's advocate a little yeah. bit, but like not that he's not telling the truth, but maybe he's not being completely honest. Yeah, he was to be completely candid, which again we we don't always get that from Carl Edwards. To his credit. Um, he can be guarded for, for good reasons, yes. and and I think we got that today. But, but I will say, you know, just to ex- expand on that a little bit and explain why Carl said that. He did anticipate us saying, well, you haven't won a championship. Yes. And he essentially said, you know, I don't race – for trophies. Uh, And we've heard other guys say that. We've heard Mark Martin say that, that for him... This is a guy who actually gives away his trophies. Yeah, that's a good point. So he does not race for trophies. For him, it was just always about the competition. It was always just about being the best race car driver that he can be, and that he got to that premier level and won and was competitive. For him, that was enough. Uh, The second reason, which to me might have been the most interesting because it was the most opaque yes um and it's funny because i was trying to relate this to somebody in a phone call after the news conference ended and carl laid it out there here are the three reasons yep and i was i was trying to recount this to somebody i couldn't remember the second one uh (laughs) and i had to go back and look at my notes and i think part of the reason i couldn't remember it is carl was vague in the way he said it he he described it as in all he described it as you guys know that this, meaning racing, is an all-encompassing thing, not just the physical time, but I wake up in the morning thinking about racing. I think about it all day. I go to bed thinking about it. I have dreams about racing. That's how it is, how I've been doing it for 20 years. I need to take that time right now and devote it to people and things that are important to me, things I'm really passionate about. Now, again, as you said earlier, Dustin, he doesn't say the word family in no, there.
0: family's not said.
1: But that's sort of what's implied. That's implied. So, yeah, it's,
0: I mean, again, it's... Uh, That wasn't. It was. It was just a very interesting way of wording it in a very guarded way. And I would, you know, he. You talk about earlier about him being the master of ceremonies. He had this first part down, and he kind of he. I'm sure this was very well rehearsed. And he, the word choice was specific for specific reasons. This wasn't somebody going up on stage and winging it. You know, even he had everything planned out. Even when he came up there, he says, look, I didn't want a podium up here. Right. You know, right. I mean, he's that into the details and, and wanting things a certain way. So when he doesn't use the word family, as he's describing, talking about it in, in that sense, and that's his opening statement, and he's, you know, I'm assuming he's rehearsed that and gone over that, there's specific things. And again, you know, it, and, and what else does he want to do? You know, the, we the one question had to be asked about, uh, political office because that, there have been rumblings about you know Congressman Carl or whatever and and uh, you know he was very vague on that response too in the sense of uh, not willing to to shoot that down but also not
1: willing to kind of let that really have much of a life beyond the, the question right the third reason he gave us was health and yep. we we already touched on this a little bit Dustin you, you mentioned that Dale Jr. Yeah. Uh, eventually came up. Uh, he didn't, Carl Edwards did not mention that initially. He just referred to that, that you know, the fact that he has his health, uh, and that's a testament to all the racing he's done, and as he put it, all the stupid stuff he's done, a race car, <laughs> and a testament to NASCAR and the tracks and the people who build the race cars, uh, that he's been fortunate to to still be healthy. But as he put it, I'm a sharp guy, and yeah. I want to be a sharp guy in 30 years so um, it's very telling yeah that's very telling and then let's let's share this detail because I know you did some research on it. again these are things that Carl doesn't put out there he doesn't really want put out there if he hears this podcast he might come after us i don't know but his wife is is a doctor at yes. the university of missouri i believe yeah it's university of missouri i think at least this website university of missouri health school of medicine okay and they she work,
0: specializes
1: interest in neurological rehabilitation which is, is one of the areas essentially i would think brain, brain trauma pressure, yeah. which is what we've been talking about yes. since donor junior sat out the second half of last season is and there were even some rain. other drivers that went that suffered that but obviously
0: they didn't get as much attention because of junior because of who dale jr is but i mean it wasn't like there was just one last year and it was dale jr there were others that suffered this or kind of went through this and, and it had a trickle-down effect and people became more aware of it because of dale jr because of his openness mm-hmm. and and i thought what was telling is is I'm, I'm trying to remember what the exact quote was but he was asked about dale jr's you know, concussion and what kind of impact. And his, his response was, what, something to the effect of the entire sport or all the drivers paid attention. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so the, to me, that's why I say it's, it's, a, it's a big issue moving forward because now here's somebody who's essentially cited this as a contributing reason to leaving a sport right and will others do so. Now, understand Carl's different from other people in the sense of he's financially well off. Yeah. I mean if you're an Xfinity driver or truck series driver trying to make your way and it's a low budget team and you're not making much money, you know, you're going to keep bracing as much as you can. Right. Uh, it's, it it is not as likely as somebody like that's going to get out because of concerns of concussion. Um, but will will a higher profile driver start looking at you know, and I think what's interesting is you look at these drivers because we've had this transition of drivers years ago where it was young drivers. And now as they're getting older, they're getting married and they're having kids and having family. How many of them start looking at their kids and go, you know, I want to be of the right mind and I want to be around in, in a good physical shape to when my kids want to do this at, at, you know, when they're when they're 20, when they're 25 or something like that. So. Uh, or i just want to be able to spend time with them when they're age 7. So i think that is why i think health and concussions is going to be another key issue as you look at these drivers with all the money that they're making or potentially can make. um are they going to start looking at the situation? Think maybe it's better to retire early as they start thinking more in, a, in, in, in that type of a view as opposed to the single narrow focus that you have to have when you're 16, 18,
1: and 20 and working your way up the ranks? Speaking of, of the money factor, Dustin, uh, the perception is, and I, I think it is reality in this case, all uh, science point to it, <laughs> is that Carl Edwards is set for life. Yeah. Probably has been since 2011 when he signed his monster deal to stay at Roush that apparently includes some incentives from Ford. And of course that was really the last big contract in the sport. And, but he signed another one with Gibbs Yeah, and and he's, he's pretty much at the top of the pyramid when it comes to earnings potential. But on top of that, you're talking about a guy who is frugal, lives in the Midwest, you know, cheaper cost of living in Columbia, Missouri than Charlotte, North Carolina. And, and from what we can tell from what little we've seen lives, um, modestly. So he was asked today, uh, if, Car, you know, he, he was next. I reported this week that Denny Hamlin's contract extension yep. is done, and Carl should be next in line or would have been next uh, for Gibbs to take care of. And I was told the team was moving in that direction. Carl said, no, this wasn't about uh, contract negotiations. It wasn't a money deal. You know, he likes getting paid, but uh, it, he's, he's never in his career like, just l- looked at this as a sure bet to make a living. That leads into, okay, what about racing? again and he was very careful like we've seen jeff gordon say tony stewart say he did not use the word retirement did not use the r word did not use the r word but uh you know didn't close the door on on racing again uh either uh and so i mean let's put it this way when you look
0: at Jeff Gordon's announcement and Carl's when you know when Jeff Gordon made his announcement you pretty much expected Jeff was going to race some other things you know right. you kind of figured he would do Rolex 24 he maybe do Le Mans and he'll, he'll do he'll, he would still want to race some different things with Carl when although he says he doesn't use the R word you almost you know I expected Jeff to race and and he, had, and he is Carl I'm not so sure about And, and, and while I know he's protecting himself by not saying the retirement word, when the way he dances around it, even so, I almost think I wouldn't be surprised if he never races again. Whereas with, you know, Jeff, you know, even when he made the announcement, you're like, Jeff's going to race again because Jeff's of a young enough age. I don't know if Carl, and again, maybe, maybe he will. He's got, you know, obviously all those years at Ford and and maybe he does some off road stuff or he does a road racing stuff with them, but I don't know if I've ever really seen him as that type of a guy um, but then again, he also mentioned he likes challenges and maybe after a year sitting out where he's got his batteries refreshed and he's kind of got his life figured out that maybe he wants to do some select stuff and, and in a controlled setting and, and understand the risk,
1: but also still be able to enjoy those moments of racing that he no longer can get important to clarify here that he, I did ask him, you know, have you talked to manufacturers yeah. teams and, and he said steadfastly, no, he has, he has no plans uh, to, to race again, you know that this wasn't about like either something to come or getting something firmed up uh, to come. It wasn't about to, a desire to go line up something. He said I can I, I don't you know I'm not entertaining. I've not com- contemplated doing anything else like that. But he also said, <laughs> if he decides to return, his first call <laughs> would be to coach Joe and he wants to return to Gibbs if he, if he were to race in NASCAR again. So I, my question there, Dustin is, and my question to Carl was, you know, what is Coach Joe's reaction going to be to that? Because obviously they've got to move on and make plans without Carl. And I don't know if it's so easy just to slide him back in to the pitcher if he decides in 2018 he wants to race again. And if Gibbs isn't an option, does he go somewhere else? And then what does that mean if a guy takes the last year of a contract off and then decides to return and races for another team? If you're Rick Hendrick, you got Jimmy
0: Johnson, who, what, 42? 43 um, something like that I think he'll be 42 this year yeah 42 this year so he'll be 42 this year you've got Casey Kane you're not still sure about performance I mean he's still got it he's still that team's that team has to step it up and you've got Dale Earnhardt jr which you think he's okay but we're not gonna know till you know he his unfortunately till he hits the wall and so if you're Rick Hendrick I would I would keep Carl Edwards in the background. Carl Edwards is 37, so a year off he's 38. Um, maybe you bring him in. I look, look, if if Casey Kane, I'm just going to use Kane as is, it is, is, does not perform well or struggles, that team struggles again. Is there a difference in switching somebody who hasn't been in, in the car for a year and uh, and and Kane? I mean, know oh, Kane's contract goes through 18, but maybe you make a move there. Or what if Dale Jr. doesn't? Um, you know, something happens there and it doesn't work, you know, and he's got to step away. You know, there isn't somebody that Rick can get immediately. Uh, you know, the, the Alex Bowman was, a, was a, a band-aid thing to kind of get through the situation. William Byron might be their driver of the future, but that's too soon. Um, you know, do you put anybody else, uh, you know, up at, from Junior Motorsports, Elliott Sadler, Justin Allgaier, Michael Annette, you know, I don't think so. Um, so maybe in a year, maybe you you have some. I you know, if you're looking at some changes, things come up. If I were him, I would at least consider Carl and just kind of see what the situation is and and think about do I is this guy still the right guy if, if I want him.
1: Carl alluded to the possibility of Toyota, obviously. Yeah, uh, and we saw it. We see it this year with Eric Jones going from Gibbs Xfinity Series to a uh, second cup car, new cup car at Furniture Row, that, that Toyota has a way of, of working things out with its teams and, and making spots available where drivers kind of hinted that maybe Furniture Row might be an option. But if it isn't, Dustin, how, again, this is extremely hypothetical, but <laughs> I think it's important to talk about because he left the door open on it. If Carl Edwards comes back and races for Hendrick Motorsports in 18 or 19 and he's racing against Gibbs, a team who he left with a year left on his contract, how can there not be ill will there? Oh, well, I'm sure there will be ill Will.
0: But here, here's if I'm Carl Edwards, here's how I look at it. I have to do what's best for me at the end of the day. So if my heart isn't into it or I have questions and he's been thinking about it so much over these last few weeks that it was to the point of he went to Joe Gibbs before Christmas and told him about it. So if he was to that point, then I, is he doing more of a disservice by getting out now or is he doing more of a disservice by... Going through the motions in the last year with the team, um, you know, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think your initial reaction is shock, and then maybe you're upset, and then maybe you kind of get over it. But you know, maybe in the back of your mind, you're like, well, that's the guy that messed everything up. What if Daniel Suarez becomes the the greatest rookie in the history of NASCAR, and suddenly it's like, wow, you know, Carl, by making this decision, opened the door for this opportunity. We we weren't sure we were ready for it at this point, and look what's come up of it. So. I, I mean, I think you have to see how things play out. But I think at the end of the day, you just have to recognize he's doing, he's doing what he feels is best for him. He's walking away from millions of dollars, um, you know. And, 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 yeah, it's disrupting an organization, disrupting, and, and could certainly have after effects throughout the sport for, for a while to come. Uh, but I think you have to, I, I think you have to appreciate he's,
1: he's, he's looking out for himself and his people, I want to say family. (laughs) (laughs) That's the word he used was people. All right. Naturally, as I expected, we're running out of time. We're not going to get to everything I wanted to get to. Uh, One thing I'll just touch on briefly. I thought it was interesting. Uh, He said there was virtually no bitterness with how things ended at Miami. I know there was some speculation if he might have been mad at NASCAR. And he laughed it off saying, I'm always mad at NASCAR. (laughs) So he had a good meeting with Brian France at Las Vegas. And, said he was excited about the future things to come in NASCAR. So um, we'll end it with this, Dustin. We've got a couple minutes left. So in two minutes or so, I know you talked to Dave Rogers yeah. today, and you're planning on writing about that. Maybe give us a preview of, uh, of, of what, what you're going to Well, a couple things
0: interesting talking to Dave Rogers, who now, Daniel Suarez, becomes his fourth different driver in the last four years, uh, you know, with, with being with Carl this past year. And one thing that's interesting about what Dave talked about Carl is, you know, we've talked about not knowing the true Carl. Dave kind of shed a little bit of light and says, you know, how he and Carl were such good buddies and how Carl would send him pictures of tractors and Dave would send pictures of his family. And, and, and that's a part because Dave is from Vermont. He's an agricultural guy. So he likes tractors. So he says at times he would get a picture of, of, of Carl all dirty working over a broken uh, tractor in the field and welding it or something like that or sometimes he would get a picture from a text from from carl with a picture of a tractor saying hey i'm thinking about buying this do you think it's too much money for for to pay for this tractor so farmer carl is is alive and well and maybe that's part of his next passion Um, another thing is now dave works with daniel so Uh, I think the natural question is, is this become Joey Logano 2.0 for Joe Gibbs Racing? Driver moving up to cup a little bit sooner than expected because of a sudden change. It was Tony Stewart going over to Haas to form Stewart Haas that moved Joey Logano up early. Suarez is now in that situation. Uh, Remember, uh, Rogers was Logano's crew chief in the Xfinity series at that time. And he says he learned... Um, you know, the he learned what Joey went through, what were some of the things that, that caused some of the issues. So he feels like that knowledge will help him. But he also points out, remember, Logano was like 18 at that time. Suarez is 25, and that makes a tremendous difference in just the level of, you know, seven years of maturity for anybody um so that there's that involved but he's got that experience and he's going to have to work a little bit more he admits with daniel and allow the and he's going to have to have put a little bit more on the engineers to get the car right while he spends more time with daniel learning daniel because he says you know i've listened to him on the radio i've heard how he talks um and i kind of have an understanding of that but i need to know who who Daniel Suarez is because I need to know what buttons to need to push. Do I need to yell at him or do I need to put my arms around him? And that's going to be, you know, they don't have a lot of time to do that, but he's got to get to know Daniel Suarez as fast as he can because they're in a car together at the end of the month at the Phoenix test.
1: Yep. well, certainly that becomes a big storyline that we'll be following now, the development of Daniel Suarez, Expandy yes. Series champion, pushed into the Cup Series, replacing Carl Edwards, who we learned today is stepping away from NASCAR for the 2017 season. A lot of storylines to follow here, Dustin. Uh, a lot lot to absorb. We'll uh, we'll stay on top of it at NBCSports.com slash NASCAR. And uh, appreciate you stopping in here and making some time on a busy day. This was fun. Well, start of a new year. It's already gotten big, isn't it? It, that it has. <laughs> thanks, What's next? Uh, thanks for listening to the NASCAR NBC podcast. Thanks, as always, to Tess Quinlan uh, for producing the podcast. And uh, we'll be back next week with another new episode.
0: I'm Steve Latart, STP auto expert and former crew chief. I know what it takes to keep engines performing at their best. STP's latest breakthrough additive, STP Ultra 5-in-1 Plus Fuel System Cleaner Plus Fuel Stabilizer, delivers three times the amount of cleaning agents versus premium gasoline and helps keep fuel fresh during storage. For over 60 years, STP has been on the cutting edge developing products to help engines run better, longer. One bottle contains three times by weight the amount of cleaning agents compared to 20 gallons of the leading premium gasoline.